0: In today's show, we're talking about the Portland Trailblazers and their fantasy basketball value. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at Basketball Monster. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk about the Portland Trailblazers. I'll give you a caveat. I'm recording this on the 22nd of September. It's going out, I think on the 26th. Random stuff's happening every day. I'm waking up and someone's injured. And just now, as I'm recording this, there's something going on about MOU Doka possibly facing a significant suspension for a violation of team rules. And I have no idea what it means. Anything can happen at any point. So I apologize if I don't cover it in this show. But I am pre-recording some of this stuff. What? on earth is going on in the NBA, in the NBA with this CMA <laughs> Yadoka stuff. By the time you listen to this, you might have more information. But at me, at the moment, literally 30 seconds before I hit it, um, hit record, I have no idea what that any of that means. We're going to talk Portland Trailblazers today, though. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. You know what to do. You send an email through to allofbowl at gmail.com. If you want to get in the Category League, you write Blazers cats in the subject line. If you want to get in the Points League, you write Blazers points. You can have one entry in each of those. It's easier to get into the Points League than it is the Category Leagues. It's $25 entry. It's $4,500 final or major prize. Um, so yeah, get in. Category League, Standard Yahoo scoring, Points League as well. And I'll give you something later on in the show that you include in the body of the email that you need to get in there to get in. So we will see exactly what um, who gets in. Not that many spots. Hopefully you get in. Sorry if you don't. All right, let's talk Portland Trailblazers. How does their schedule look for the season? 51 quality games, league average. That's fine. That's good. 14 back-to-backs, that's above average. I don't really think there's too much of a worry there. No one's slated, I think, to just sit random back-to-backs all year. Yes, injuries will happen and that might cause that, but it's not that big of a deal. And their playoff schedule is okay. It's not great, it's okay. 11 games on the March 19th end, which is the Locked On Fantasy Basketball's end date, Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowls end date, 4-4-3 schedule. March 26th end, you've got 10 games, 4-3-3. And then a standard default Yahoo um, is 10 games. April 2nd, 3-3-4. That's 10 games. That's not ideal, because that's when more games are squished in there. And a lot of teams have 12, so 10 games isn't as good. But that's how your schedule breaks down for the Portland Trailblazers. Nothing majorly standing standing out. No two-game weeks. No huge volume of qualities. No low volume of quality games. Nothing super stands out there. Pressure points. What impacts projections? Well, really, to me, one of them could be Damian Lillard. Is he healthy? Was the form drop-off just injury-related? I think it was. So I'm, I'm not really counting that. It's about what Jeremy Grant do we get? Do we get the Jeremy Grant who tried to be a number one option and put up some okay numbers but led to bad winning, or not not leading to winning with poor efficiency? Or do we get the guy that was an unbelievably solid role player for both the Thunder and the Nuggets, but didn't really contribute much for fantasy? Because if he's going to think he is, I am, look at me, big offensive man, taking all these shots, it's going to make them worse because it takes them away from Lillard, it takes them away from Anthony Simons, and honestly, it takes them away from Yusuf Nurkic. Or if he's going to slot into, hey, I am the defensive wing guy who hits some spot-up threes, can be a tertiary creator, or even a quaternary creator, then it's good for them, but it's bad for his fantasy value. We just don't know how he's going to respond. Does that newfound freedom of having the ball in his hands in Detroit and freedom to lose games. Does he like that part of it? I think he might. Or does he just settle back into what he was good at and the role that he used to play? And the other thing is Anthony Simons. Let's let's get something straight about about Anthony Simons. He was he was really really um, he was really good towards the end of the season. He was bad at the start of the season when CJ and Dame were there. He was bad. He has barely played alongside Damian Lillard, and when he has, he's been low usage. He really took off when Dame was out, when CJ was out, and he had the ball in his hands orchestrating everything. He shot the ball really well. Maybe he can do that. But how does he work when Lillard is going to be the number one guy? He will still have his opportunities, but he's going to be working more off ball than what he did in that six to eight week stretch where he was dynamite. He was not a top 100 guy, not even remotely close to it when players were healthy. So are we... We'll talk about him later. Are we overrating him a bit? Do we just go, well, CJ's gone, so Simons becomes the new CJ, so therefore we draft him where CJ goes and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. Can he work into that role? They've paid him like they think he will, but we don't know that. And that is still... It looms as a pretty big question mark over the success of this team, but also the fantasy value of someone like Simons in particular but also it has a carryover effect to how much does Gary Payton play and Josh Hart and Damian Lillard and even Jeremy Grant. Like It all impacts everybody. That's why I have an issue with things like Yahoo projections when they put projections out and they don't project rookies or they project Kamala Anthony because everyone impacts everyone. When you throw in random stats out or not including players, then you can't have everyone impacting everyone because they're not there. Um. Yeah, so there are question marks for this team. There's question marks for every team, really, when we get down to it and talk about um, fantasy basketball. Who are some breakout candidates? Lillard's there. Simons, I guess, could say a breakout, but I think he had that mini breakout and he got paid $100 million. So I would say that he's broken out. Could he get better than what we saw in that stretch last season, Simons? I don't think so. I think two guys who might really elevate themselves, Nasir Little, who I think... Would have to be at least close to the favourite to start at small forward, if not getting starters minutes. He could really—he was starting to put it together before the torn shoulder labrum last season. As a really solid defensive wing, rim protection, had some shooting improvement, worked better offensively. He was starting to put it together, and we know that players this size, wing players, six eight, six nine sort of guys, they can defend and start shooting. They're so valuable. And he might be able to become that guy. The other one to watch is just a deeper league thing, but it's Keon Johnson. If Josh Hart plays more primarily up at the three, if Shaden Sharp isn't ready, if Gary Payton's injury, or the fact that he's 30 and maybe he just turned into fluke season because he played for the Warriors, if none of that stuff works, Keon, I thought, well, not I thought, he was the key part they got back in the Norman Powell-Robert Covington trade. Also, getting the number seven pick was a key part in that. But Keon is a guy that showed really impressive stuff. I thought at Summer League, and when I say breakout here, he might go from someone who played. People go, I've never heard of the bloke, to a player. We've seen there's so many guys in the twenties as first round picks who become you know oh, now this guy's just good. Anthony Simons, Johnson was a pick in the twenties who did nothing and then started to show something. So just watch, he might be able to push for a regular rotation role. He might be, and given the way the Blazers have handled rookies in the past, Sharp might not be in the rotation straight away. He, he might be, but maybe Johnson and Sharp are the are the back the backcourt rotation guys, and Peyton's not as much in, in, in the mix. I think he will be, but just watch for Johnson. He's someone that I want to pay some attention to this upcoming season, because so I was really impressed with his summer league. I thought he showed some things down the stretch of last season as well. BetOnline.net has shown me some things down the stretch also, because they are the number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including the Monday night action, because all of, I'm recording this before week three, but all of week three is done. So we're talking about Monday night in the NFL, which is, who is the Monday night game? Ah, it's Dallas in New York. The Giants are currently one point favorites over at BetOnline.net. The total is a Haltry 39 points as well. The battle of the defenses, perhaps. But whatever you want to find out at Online, it's live, live betting, esports, they've got more than that as well. You can find out all of the information on your favorite sports or events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay. Let's look at some sleepers. Um... Let's look at Damian Lillard, who struggled last season. Here's your locked-on fantasy basketball bowl question. In the body of the email, Damian Lillard ranked where in category leagues? Where did he rank? Fortieth. That's what you want to put in the email. Damian Lillard was fortieth in category leagues last season. Put that in the body of your um, of your email. That'll help. Will help get you uh, help get you somewhere maybe into the league. Fingers crossed for you. Um, let's talk about sleepers. I think Lillard's one. I think he's a first-round guy pretty key, pretty clearly. I would take him at 9 or 10 in most spots. I would consider him ahead of Steph Curry, to be honest. But you can get him really late. Yahoo's got him at 16. Nonsense. Shouldn't be in the second round. Fantrax got him at 23. What are you guys doing? Why are you drafters on Fantrax drafting him so late? End of the second round, you're joking. Now get, I get it, right? He's 32. He was bad. But I am attributing 95% of the badness to this torn abdominal muscle. I think he's going to be good again. Like, really good. ESPN's got him at 25. That's the third round. Now, ESPN has adjusted their rankings. He was at, like, 36. He's now at 7. So, that's in their points rankings. Where is he in their updated category rankings? Um, let's have a look. Is he before or after R.J. Barrett? Um, In their category rankings, Damian Lillard is 10th. That's about right. That's about right. But at the moment, his ADP is still 25. And for deeper leagues, Nessia Little is at 201. Now, I don't think that he's necessarily going to be a top 100 option or anything like that. But Little at 201 on Yahoo. In 16-team leagues, I would draft him. 14-team leagues, I would draft him probably as well. Especially if he does start. And... I do think there is a pretty legitimate chance that Nasir Little is a starter, at least at some point this season. Then there's busts. Points leagues, no one really stands out as a as a sleeper. Yeah, Lillard Lillard's still he's less of a points league guy, to be honest. So his ADP on Fantrax at twenty three still gives value for Lillard in Points Leagues. Not really on Yahoo. And an ESPN that he's ranked seventh in Points Leagues Lillard on ESPN, which is crazy. You don't want him there. He's a mid-second points lead guy. You don't want... Maybe I should have put him as a bust there because at ESPN 7, and I don't have him on the bust list, but at 7, on ES, where, that's where his rank is, but his ADP is at 25. You don't want him at 7. 25, you know, 15 to 16 is fine. For the busts, I think Anthony Simons is going a little bit too high. I talked to already about how he struggled last season at the start of the year and really turned it on when everyone was out. And there is an immediate thing to just think, well, CJ's gone, so Simons is CJ, CJ's is a 50 to 75 type player, Um, let's just put Simons in there. And I'm not sure that's accurate. Part of McCullum's appeal was being a really, really good field goal percentage guy, a high field goal percentage guy. Simons is not that. Simons is probably a better passer, but how many opportunities is he going to get to show that playing next to Damian Lillard? Can he be a 20-point-per-game scorer? I guess it's possible, we also have to factor in that Jeremy Grant will probably try and take some shots. So maybe Simons could be a 20-point-per-game guy, and maybe him at 84 on ESPN Simons is, is not too bad. Like, he's at 104 on Yahoo, which is fine, and 95 on Fan trucks, which is fine, and he could exceed those. 84 is probably just a little bit too early for Anthony, but it, but it might not be. I think Jeremy Grant at 80 is too high. Jeremy Grant last season was 66th. His um, ESPN rank is at 96. That's too high as well. On fan tracks, he's at 101, which is not bad. I, I think Grant has more of a chance of being 150th than he has of being 70th. And if you're picking someone at like 80, where he's on Yahoo, he's actually ranked 76th on Yahoo. If you're picking someone there, you want them to be able to, hey, maybe push the top 60. And I just don't think there's any possibility of that. I think he'll play more minutes than he did when he was in Denver and when he was in OKC. But where is he offensively? What is his efficiency like? He's a bad rebounder. Don't think he's going to get many assists. His steals and blocks aren't always particularly high. I just don't think I want to spend that round seven type pick, maybe round eight, on Jeremy Grant. I'd rather 10, maybe round nine. His position eligibility is useful. Because sometimes it's hard to find those small forward type players. But I don't want to do it that early. Yeah, I don't want to do it that early. Um, in points leagues, no one really stands out as a bust. Apart from, the, again, that ESPN rank of 7 for Lillard is too high. Upside flyer picks, guys, we look at in the last round. let see a little. I think he's the guy we look at there. Josh Hart would be one of those, the hitman. But he's going earlier than that. So he's not going to be available for most of you. But if he is, he's, he's worth... Worth grabbing there for sure. Um, I don't like Gary Payton's got an ADP of 137. I don't really see why he was 201st last season in 19 minutes, and I don't think he's playing significantly more minutes than that. He might play 22, but there is still Hart, there is Sharp, there is Keon Johnson, there's Simons and Lillard. Yeah, Payton makes sense next to Lillard and Simons. That that's true as a defensive guard, but that would mean you'd have to play those guys less. Is Lillard playing less than 35 or 36? Simon's playing less than 33 or 34? I, I really don't think so. Just so Payton can get out there. I think he's going to be a role player, twenty maybe 22 minutes he tops out at, and a really good steal streamer. He's a high field goal percentage guy, but it's so low volume, but he struggles with threes, he struggles with free throws. I just don't think there's the upside in taking him with that last pick. I, I don't really believe that's there. So let's look at this roster. And how it shakes out, maybe Lillard. I talked about already. I think he has a real bounce back season. You can watch the lack of steals and the field goal percentage, but he'll get assists. He'll score. He hit a lot of threes. He'll be great from the line. I think he's a much improved player from where he was. He's catch and shoot stuff, and his rim finishing was way off. And that's like that's abdominal core power, and it was just gone. I think it'll be back, and everything will be fine. Simons, he does have scope to push top 60. I don't think top 50 is possible, but I don't expect him to be top 60. I worry about the efficiency and I worry about that what he did in, honestly, a really small sample size last season. I worry about him being able to replicate that next to better players. This is a guy who has struggled immensely for three years and then had a six or eight week hot streak with a bunch of guys out and and fired up. And I, I think he can be good, but watch it. I don't know why I said that so ominously. Watch it. Nasir Little. Yeah, I do think he's a chance to start. It could be Josh Hart as well. Little can block a shot, maybe get a steal, maybe five or six boards, maybe 13 points. That's okay. It's more of a 14-team league thing, but there is that value that maybe he just blows up. He was getting it together, and maybe he's just really good. And then old mate, Yusuf Nurkic. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. I am surprised that last season on a per-game basis, he was 69th. Giggity. I am surprised by that. In points leagues, he was 51st. That's Yahoo points leagues. ESPN points leagues, he was 67th. Yet it was like, oh, it's a train wreck for Nurkic. His numbers are good. He's actually sliding quite a bit in drafts. His fan track's ADP is 85, and the dearth of centers means that in 60s, you get him. His Yahoo ADP is 66. I worry that with Grant there and Nurkic's injury problems in the past, that Maybe he gets marginalized offensively, and they play him fewer minutes. But they did just bring him back on a new contract. He's a solid passer. He's a solid scorer. His shot blocking surely can't be as bad as last season. I will. Ugh, I know that it sounds crazy because I, you know, I love him. But look, I, I think there is a top forty potential. I, I can't see ever top forty for Jeremy Grant. I can for Nurkic. I can barely, look if he is healthy and plays 31 a night, he'll, he'll he'll piss this in. He really will get, he'll get that top 60 pretty comfortably. I'm just not sure they're going to lean into it, but if they decide to do it, then it's great. Josh the Hitman Hart was really, really good last season. 64th ranked player in category leagues. I don't think it's going to happen again. and There's reasons why. In New Orleans, he was doing it with no Zion Williamson, playing basically a lot of power for big, big rebound numbers, and started to shoot the ball really well. Then he got to Portland, and Lillard was out, and McCollum was out, and he played, and it was the ball handling was way up. He played a ton of minutes on a team that was beaten down, and then he got sat down with knee injuries. So, neither of those situations are replicable this season. He comes in where he may not start, he might, but... If he starts next to Grant Simons-Lillard, his usage is going to be pretty low. If he starts next to Grant Simons-Lillard and Nurkic, he's not going to be prioritized, I wouldn't have thought, as a ball handler. If he comes off the bench, at caps his upside maybe at 29, 30 minutes. Does he replicate his good scoring from last season? I know he's a really good rebounder. That will stick. The passing, I think he's a good passer, but how many opportunities will he get? So, I like him in round 10, 110, 120 sort of range in drafts. I'm um, probably a little round later, 10 spots later in Yahoo Points Leagues and ESPN Points Leagues, and I wouldn't be basing what he did over this, off the success that he had last season. I've talked about Peyton already. He's not a great Points League guy. He's a better Category League guy, and it's really on the back of one thing. It's steals. That's not true, because he's a good field goal percentage guy. He was one of the best impact defensive players in the entire NBA. Is that scheme? Is that the Warriors? Peyton's never shown that before. He's shown to be a good defender, but not like a top five defender like he was at times last season. And again, I just worry about where the role fits. Drew Eubanks, fantasy playoff legend last season. He'll just be the backup center. Him or Trenton Watford, I'm guessing. And Watford was also a fantasy playoff legend as well, but they are going to be playing behind Grant, behind Nurkic, and then even Little will play some backup four. So it's not like there's a clear path to big production. Just watch them if injuries strike. Keon Johnson... Look, the likelihood of it happening is low. But I really want to see what he can do. And even Justice Winslow put up good numbers last season. But Winslow has to play two positions, I think, to be successful. At point guard, with the ball in his hands, or at center. And he's just not going to do it. And I don't know. Like, his lack of efficiency from the field, from the line. His steals and blocks aren't always great. He needs the ball to generate assists. He can't hit threes. There's no real role. Shaden Sharp, I... What do we do with the marker here? The Sharpie. We haven't seen him play. He's definitely going to be stuck on the bench. And will he, is he the fourth guard? Or will Keon get that initial shot? Don't be surprised if we don't see much of Sharp. I think long-term, he's good steal rate, high volume scoring, efficiency, in threes. With a little bit of passing upside, makes him a really intriguing top 60 guy in four years. But he could also just not get there, Ben McLemore style. I don't think we've seen much from him this year. Greggy Brown, I, I don't really think, an NBA-caliber player. He can block a little bit. But what it does get me to do is we finally get to talk about old mate Olivier Saar. It's levy Osa. not Levi o He was really good for the Thunder last season, but now he does join that front court that has Watford and Eubanks. He's just a name to watch. You hope he gets to stick around. I think he can be an impactful NBA reserve. But he might not get any minutes. Brandon Williams played a lot last season as that backup point guy. He's one of the most inefficient players in the NBA. Again, his numbers came because he was playing playing just with the ball in his hands the whole time. And even still, in 27 minutes a night, he wasn't a top 250 player. I don't think he's an NBA guy either. And then they've got a couple other guys in camp at the moment. Devontae Kachuk, Jared Roden, and Isaiah Miller are currently there as I'm speaking. Um, they might be cut by the time you listen to this. And that... We'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up and drop those comments down below. Subscribe and ring the bell, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.